Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician, and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 112. I'm really shocked at that. I went to figure out what I thought we were going to be at episode number 107, but it's episode number 112. So here we are just trucking along. I am your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. If you are looking for strategies to live a naturally healthy life, you are in the right place. That's what this podcast is dedicated to. I am currently, today we are going to talk about liver disease. I'm currently doing a series of podcasts discussing the way that hyperinsulinemia affects other systems in our body, not just our diabetes. So last week we talked about polycystic ovarian disease and how hyperinsulinemia is connected to that. And today we're going to talk about liver disease. Before we dive into that, I want to discuss a couple of things coming up. Most of us do not know what it looks like to get coached, right? My program, Delane MD, is a coaching program to help people reverse their type 2 diabetes. Everybody wants a program that tells them how to eat. Like, I want you to give me an eating plan and that sounds awesome, except you know how to eat. We all know that the chocolate cake, the pizza, the french fries, the chips are the problem that is causing our type 2 diabetes. My program is different. I offer you coaching on how to fix that type 2 diabetes. Some of it is learning things, learning science, learning information. Some of it is gathering data about how your body responds to certain foods and then changing that. That's part of it. But the really impactful part of my program is why do you make the decision, like the reason, the way that you make the decision that gets you to eat pizza instead of salad and chicken, right? That the reason that gets you to the decision that makes you or that has you eating foods that keep you sick versus the decision that we would use to make food or to eat foods that make us healthy or keep our health or create health in our bodies. So that's what coaching is. And that's like, everybody's like, I don't even understand. What does that mean? Like most people jump immediately because we have no idea what that looks like. So what I'm offering here, if you want to know what coaching looks like, send me an email. I'm going to get to the email address and what you need to do for that. And we will set up a time for you to get a free 45 minute coaching session. What's the catch? Because you know, there's not a free lunch. What's the catch? The catch is I'm going to put it out on the podcast. Our coaching session will be recorded and be put out on a podcast so that others can benefit from the help you receive in the coaching, but also in learning what it's like to be coached. So send me an email to delane at delanemd.com. In the subject line, type podcast coaching so that I know that's what you're emailing me about. We will chat. If you decide that you aren't comfortable being on a podcast and people hearing you talk, that's totally fine. We don't need to put it out there for the masses. That's fine. But this is available to you. One, you get help. Two, people get to hear what coaching is about and how powerful it can be. So if that's something you're interested in, send me that email, delane at delanemd.com. Put podcast coaching in the subject line and we will get that set up. 
Really quick for next week's podcast, I want to let you know what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the effects of insulin resistance on the brain and its connection to the development of dementia. So that's really interesting. There's a lot of new data out about that. It's going to be good. So make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss anything. In addition to that, make sure that you are subscribing. Make sure that you are hitting like and following me on Facebook and on Instagram. My name's the same no matter where. It's Delane MD. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook that way. I put all my information out about free training sessions that are coming up. So, you know, the last two months I've been doing free five-day trainings. They have been so much fun. I've met such amazing women. It's been the most. It's been so enjoyable. In addition to that, you get a lot of help. There's a lot of benefit to signing up for those training sessions. I always promote them on Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you're following me on that so you can get the help that you need to finally put this diabetes thing behind you. All right, so let's dig into liver disease. So what is the liver? The liver is a major metabolic organ in our system. I used to believe it was a major filtration organ, like it was what filtered out and helped us detoxify toxins and chemicals that got into our system. It does do that, but its bigger role really has to do with metabolism. So when we are not feeding our bodies the appropriate fuel, we tend to get into trouble in our liver. So there are many types of liver diseases. The one that I'm going to talk about today is called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And what that is, is the infiltration of fat cells or adipose cells into the liver that's not caused by alcohol. So this same process, this fatty infiltration of the liver can be caused by drinking too much alcohol. However, per the name, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, this particular way of causing fat to accumulate in the liver is caused not by us drinking, but by other things. And we're gonna talk about that today. So recognize there can be, you know, alcohol disease. We all know that the alcohol that, you know, over drinking can cause damage to our liver but recognizing there are so many other things that can do this also. So there is a spectrum of liver disease that is non-alcoholic liver disease. So it's this first one that we're going to talk about, which is kind of a general umbrella term, this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. When that is not dealt with appropriately and continues to progress, it will progress into what's called NASH, N-A-S-H, N as in Nancy, or N as in non-alcoholic, That stands for, N-A-S-H stands for non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. So that then progresses into cirrhosis, and I'm going to talk about that. And then eventually some people go on to progress from cirrhosis into what we call hepatocellular carcinoma or liver cancer, okay? So non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is when we start to accumulate fat in the liver. Non-alcoholic steatohepatitis is when that fat turns inflammatory and causes inflammation of our liver. That's what hepatitis is. Hepa is the liver. Itis is inflammation. So it's inflammation of the liver. And then, of course, after there's so, you know, our liver gets inflamed for so long, there's so much time spent in this inflammatory process, the liver scars down, and that is cirrhosis. And then that scarring and inflammatory process can trigger cancer development. So that's the process. That is the the spectrum of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and kind of this fat accumulation into our liver. So the prevalence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is fascinating. This is like, this blows me away. These are going to be recurrent themes, but it blows me away. So globally, worldwide, the prevalence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is over 25%. Over a quarter of the human population on the globe 
has non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. In the U.S., the prevalence is 21 to 24.7%. So again, really close to a quarter, a fifth to a quarter of the human population has non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. There are genetic variances. So there are populations and ethnicities that are more likely to have this or to develop this. But what I want to offer Human beings did not become the dominant species on the planet because a quarter of us were genetically predetermined to have a disease. Just because we hold the gene for a certain disease does not mean that we are 100% fated to develop that disease. There are a lot of things that we do in the way we live our life and the way we have our body and we treat our bodies that keeps us or that Turn, that causes us to turn on those genes, okay? So recognize this high prevalence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in the world is not because we are all fated to get non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or 25% of us can't help but get non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That's not the case at all, and I'm going to talk about that. I think more interestingly is that we are seeing non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in children. A hundred years ago, we did not see this. We are seeing it so much now that some experts are reporting that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is one of the main causes of liver transplantation in children these days. A hundred years ago, it was genetic anomalies, so things that, pe- that children were born with liver problems that a very rare small population of the population of the world was born with that caused the need for liver transplant and again even 100 years ago i think the first uh liver transplant done in a child was done in the 1960s so clearly we weren't doing transplants back then but liver disease up until that point was really seen on only this very rare genetically uh, dictated liver diseases So recognize that we are seeing this growing disease state in children to the point, like we're seeing so many more cases of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and they progress so quickly that this is leading to be one of the main reasons that children get transplanted, get liver transplants. That's something huge to stay aware of. So the medical literature about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is very similar to the medical literature on polycystic ovarian disease or polycystic ovarian syndrome that says, we don't know why it happens. But what they do all agree on is that there is a connection between insulin resistance, metabolic disease, and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So how does the the insulin connect to the liver disease. I don't know, again, like I hear specialists, I've heard specialists say this exact thing. That's how I know this. So I don't understand why the literature is like, we don't know, because clearly we can see the steps that high insulin levels take to cause the disease in our liver. So I I think we do know. Either way, I think that maybe the literature is looking for some a gene that's the cause or some other uh, chemical or protein that's the cause. This, what I'm about to lay out for you is the cause for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So what happens is when the liver is exposed or sees too much insulin in the system, it starts to store up fat. Now, what's too much insulin? Are we talking about the amount of insulin that we see when we eat a baked potato No, that is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the one time 
high insulin load that comes from a high carb load. We are talking about high insulin levels over a prolonged period of time. So again, this high concentration insulin over months, years of your life, that's what causes the liver to behave strangely, <laughs> to behave in, inappropriately, to misbehave really. And it causes the liver to start to store up fat. So recognize we used to believe that fat was this benign tissue, that it was just like this unattractive tissue that we, you know, used to store up. And, you know, I don't even like the phrase fat because I think it has such a bad connotation with it. But adipose tissue, we used to just think it was extra energy that we stored up. It wasn't a problem. And what studies are starting to realize is that fat is a very potent metabolically and enzymatically active tissue. Some literature goes as far as to call adipose tissue an organ. And the research that I have read states that when adipose tissue or fat tissue gets accumulated past a certain threshold, it turns pathologic. So what I mean, when it gets accumulated past a certain point that is different for each human being, that threshold then turns that fat or that adipose tissue pathological. It turns it into something that causes diseases. How it works is the adipose tissue actually turns pathological by calling in inflammatory cells that then release inflammatory markers and inflammatory chemicals, both in the area that the, the fat is accumulated, but also into the bloodstream. So it goes all over our body and causes inflammation. So what's happening in the liver is the liver sees so much insulin in the system and it starts packing fat into the liver. Once it hits a certain threshold, that fat starts call, calling in cells that release inflammatory markers. Those inflammatory markers act on the liver to cause inflammation in the liver, right? Hepatitis. HEPA being liver, itis being inflammation. It causes inflammation in the liver. And that's what creates this issue, right? So non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, a lot of times we will pick that up because we see liver enzymes that are elevated on lab findings. The lab tests will be elevated. And then we're like, oh, what's that about? We send you off for an ultrasound or we'll send you off for a CT or an MRI maybe. And we see that there is fat deposition. So there's fat deposited in your liver in a way that's not consistent with normal. There's a percentage they look for, and that's when they decide that that's non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, right? If we're picking that up from your elevated liver enzymes, there's already an element of inflammation going on because that's how your liver enzymes got elevated. So recognize that there, that this is the process, right? High insulin, liver starts to pack in fat into it, the fat gets inflammatory, the inflammation damages the liver. That's how it works. I am going to talk about adipose tissue as a disease-causing agent. We're going to come to that and kind of how insulin plays a role in that. And I have talked about it a little bit. If you want to go check out episode number 89, again, I'm not interested in fat shaming. I hate using the phrase fat because it's got such a bad connotation. I'm just talking about the tissue in your body, the adipose cells that are stored in your body and how they behave. That's what I want to talk about. I think that fat is a mean and meaningless term. Like it's just not helpful for anybody. So I don't like to use it in this specific disease though. We're talking about that adipose tissue being or the adipose cells being 
uh, stored in the liver and how that creates disease then in your body. So the process in the body, you get high insulin levels, you get adipose deposits into the tissue, into the liver, and then you get liver dysfunction, liver inflammation, and that, of course, in some people, does go on to develop liver cancer, or to create liver cancer. This is clearly no good. So what's the fix? How do we fix it? Are there meds? Yes, there are always meds, right? Like that's the healthcare society in America, the healthcare uh, industry in America is such that we are looking to find a way to give you meds, right? Like that's the whole business model there. So recognize there's always meds. The interesting thing, the specialists that I have heard talk about the meds that treat non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, frankly, will tell you they just don't work, period, end of sentence. They just do not work. They do not work well. There's a study out there that compares a med called pioglitazone with a vitamin E with doing nothing, the results from all three of those groups were about the same. There was no benefit. When you're taking a med to treat this, you're also accepting all the risks associated with the med that probably in this specific disease situation, you probably have a higher chance of having an adverse effect or a bad effect from the med more than you have the risk of being beneficially treated by the med. That is certainly no good. Across the board, the literature is pointing to, you knew this was coming, but lifestyle modification, right? The way you are eating is what is causing this disease. It's truly that simple. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that we as human beings control how much insulin our bodies are making by the food that we are eating. For my research in this podcast, I came across this lovely mnemonic that I think we need to start all living by, right? And I've always thought this. This is not new information to me, but it's a new way to present it. And I think that's fun. We need to cut out the crap. Crap stands for carbonated beverages and sugary beverages. The R in crap stands for refined flours and refined sugars. The A in crap stands for artificial sweeteners, colors, or chemicals. And then the P in crap stands for processed foods. You know this is exactly what I've always been saying and always been teaching. So what I want you to hear from this podcast is four things. One, chronic diseases are almost always caused by the foods that we are eating. Almost always. We would knock out the overwhelming majority. I would venture to say 80 to 90% of all chronic diseases would be knocked out if we would just stop eating the crap. The second thing I want you to hear, this is why medications do not help us. Unless we stop eating the foods that are offending our body, the medications do not treat the disease. They just help the symptoms, okay? So what is it, what do I mean by this? This it seems very ethereal to a lot of people. I like to say it's like living next to a fire station. You live next door to a fire station and you keep setting your house on fire because you know you're in the safety net, right? Like the fire station is just going to come over here and put the fire out. It's fine. The fire station will come and put the fire out, but they can't undo the damage that you caused by the fire, right? They don't undo that part. Every time you set your house on fire, you're accumulating more fire damage. It's the same thing with the foods. You can eat foods that make you sick knowing that there's a safety net and medications to fix that, right? But recognizing the medications don't actually fix it. They just put out the fire. If you continue to eat the foods that are making you sick, you're going to accumulate damage from that sickness, from that illness. This does not, medications do not fix these chronic diseases. They just put a band-aid over it 
and treat the symptoms. The third thing that I want you to hear is the strategies that I teach you to fix your diabetes stretches to so many other organ systems. Last week we talked about ovaries, this week we're talking about the liver, next week we're gonna talk about the brain. There are so many more systems that are impacted by these strategies that will fix your type two diabetes. The last, the fourth thing I want you to hear, you can fix this. This is something that's fixable. One simple strategy of cleaning up your diet, cutting out the crap, has such far-reaching benefits. Why would you not do it? <laughs> if you're ready to start this work, you know this is what my program does. I teach strategies to help you reverse this insulin resistance, this high insulin level. It fixes your diabetes. In addition to that, it fixes all this other stuff. If this is something you're interested in, send me an email, delane at delanemd.com, set up a consult, see how my program will help you reach your goals. This isn't rocket science. You already do really hard things in life. You've mastered a college degree. You've mastered a demanding career. You're a great parent. You're a great spouse. You're a great adult child to your aging parents. You've already done amazing things. Why can't you get a hold of chocolate cake? Why can't you fix this cake problem? Why can't you fix this eating problem? That's what we need to talk about. Let's talk about it. There is help for you. I will be back next week and we'll be talking about insulin in the brain. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the Work With Me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.